class is in session. This is Midwest Drag 101, hosted by Jess Marshall and PhD. We love to talk about all things drag and get even more excited when it's local. Join us to find out about drag happenings in Indiana, Ohio, and Northeast Kentucky. Have some fun and watch out. You might just learn something. What is on the syllabus today? This week, we're discussing performing and or enjoying drag in typically straight spaces on this, our season five premiere. God, Jesus Christ, five? (laughs) (laughs) Is that why I'm so fucking tired? (laughs) I mean, you haven't had to do this in a couple months, so I don't think you can blame me being tired on this right now. (laughs) I appreciate the... Um, the, the attempt. <laughs> <laughs> that was a stretch. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, season five. I can't believe that we're doing it still, but it seems like a lot of people want to talk about this stuff or listen to us talk about it, which is the really surprising part. Yeah, that's even weirder to me. I would rather have people share their own opinions and like join us so that I can just kind of smile and nod. (laughs) Well, you know, I I enjoy that too, but I am a mouthy bitch. I just can't help it. Oh, I know. (laughs) Well, so um, first off, I guess we should do a quick catch up. Seems like you've been busy over the past couple months. Oh, girl, this little me, I don't know, you know, working. Twirling, drinking. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> um. Yeah. No. It has been a wild couple of months. I feel I am literally pulling my phone up now, so I can just kind of scroll through my the last couple of months and see what the hell I've been doing. I've done some like special events. I've done. We finally, I think we have like a regular cadence with that esoteric show now, which I'm super excited nice. about. Christmas, or I shouldn't say Christmas, December is a very, um, it's like, I feel like December was almost as busy as like Pride and Halloween. I was so booked and so tired. Everybody wanted to do fucking Christmas drag shows. And I'm sorry, I am a Scrooge, I'm a Grinch, I fucking hate Christmas. So, like, when everybody wants to do that, the holiday-themed shows, I'm just like, oh my god, you're getting the exact same three Christmas songs that I do at every show, because one, they're the only ones I know, and two, I just don't (laughs) care. (laughs) I just don't care. I see, I see. Well, that's, I, I, that was one of my thrilling things for, we had our December show, but it was early December. So at the welcome in, the the performers only did one Christmas number at the very end of the night, which was very lovely. But I decked myself Thank out God. in green with this red little bow belt and I just I tried to look like the North Pole's best madam is what my whole goal was for that evening. <laughs> and what exactly is um does it entail to have such a title as best madam? It means that your 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 girls, your guys, they're all rocking every night, no matter the time of year in the North Pole. <laughs> That's what it means. It means you take care I, of your people. Uh, 
<laughs> okay, I'll, I'll, I'll accept that. <laughs> well, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, besides, like, all of that, obviously, like, it was the holidays, so there was, like, family stuff. Oh, yeah, so I did, like, the whole family thing, and then after the new year, my parents came to visit me for the first time in, like, oh, that's right. four years, and um, so they got to see my new apartment, um, which is, like, it's not really new. It's, like, a year. I've been here over a year at this point, but it's new to them. They got to meet PhD and see E19 for the yes. first time. They got to see me perform for the first time. They had a blast um, just the entire weekend. They came down, like, that Saturday morning. We just kind of hung out at my, my apartment for a little while. That I, I, I posted them up in a hotel down the street. And uh, we got them checked in. We went out to dinner. They got to meet my, like, my friends. And so we all went out. We drank far too much, but that's okay. And then Sunday, <laughs> uh, we went out for breakfast. And they got to watch me. Like, And then they came back here because they had checked out of the hotel before breakfast. So they came back here and they got to watch the entire transformation. They watched me like do my makeup. And then they followed me to E19. Went to the show and uh, and then left right after. So that was a really really fun weekend. That's so awesome. Yeah, I, when I saw that they were coming on your on Facebook, those pictures, they looked like they were having such a good time. I was so excited that they finally got to got to see D. But I also loved the yeah, and look I mean of delight in your mother's eyes when she saw that margarita. Girl. <laughs> <laughs> We went to dinner at, I think our reservation was at like 7 or 7.30, something like that. And uh, and we got there. My friends met us because it, the, the Tower of Margarita was so large. <laughs> and so we order like chips and guac and chips and salsa and blah, blah, blah. The waiter looks at me and he goes, anything to drink? Do you guys want margaritas? And I said, oh yeah, we want margaritas, but do the, the margarita tower. Mm-hmm. He looked at his watch. He looked at me and he goes this early? I said, <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he brought it out and I don't even know how many ounces of margarita are in this like tower, but it's, I mean, it's a good s- several feet high, like just of a tower of margarita. He drops it off and my mother just looked and she was like, what the fuck? <laughs> It's your next And I said, don't worry, the reinforcements are coming. (laughs) Literally. I said, don't worry, the reinforcements are coming. And that's when my friends walked in. They go, oh, we've got the tower already. I said, "Uh uh-huh, yes, we do. Let's get get going. Teamwork. (laughs) That's exactly right. And so after that, I walked them. uh, We came back to over here. We walked, I mean, I say over here as if it was like a mile away. It's two blocks. But there's a bar downstairs from my apartment that um, I really wanted them to see because it's it's a gay-owned bar, but it's very, like, it's gay-owned but straight-friendly. <laughs> I <love> it. Uh-huh. <laughs> that I think is just, it's a really good vibe for us because we really like that bar. My friends and I go there all the time, and I'm, I'm like, a lot of, um, a lot of, how do I say this nicely? A lot of suburbanite 
kinds of folks really liked the vibe of the bar as well. And so I figured my parents would really like it, and they did. They loved it. The concept of the bar is like all of the draft beers, the prices will change every 10 minutes based on how popular they are. So it's kind of like a stock oh. exchange, but for beer. Okay, yeah. Yeah. I can, I can so see my how dad I can really get enjoyed that. Playing those numbers. Mm hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Well, good. I'm glad that you had a good time. I'm glad that they got to meet Dean. I'm glad that you got your yeah, mother hammered. Me too. <laughs> oh my god, I got my mom so fucked up. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, yeah, um, yeah. We've been staying inside mostly because my whole family has gotten COVID pretty much over the last month, like one after another. My mother, mm. each of my Yikes. sisters, like so. We haven't been able to do a bunch of our holiday stuff yet, but we will. And so, but because of that, I feel like I have become a hermit because I keep trying not to get sick so we can eventually do holiday stuff. So I watched things like all of Queen of the Universe and a bunch of drag (laughs) races. I can't go anywhere. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I was convinced that I got COVID after New Year's Eve because I I was working at the bar, right? Like I, everybody was out. I was convinced that I had COVID and I mean, I was fine. I was like, you know, I'm tired, but like, it's because I am working all the time. I have a headache because I don't drink enough water. Like it was, Mm -hmm. it was very like, like very like jumping through hoops in my own mind. And so I, and And so I knew that my parents were visiting like that following weekend. And I said, I have to get a test. So I think it was like that Wednesday or Thursday. I went in and got like a full PCR test and it came back negative. Everything was fine. But I was just like, I was so convinced that I had had it. Yeah. No, I I know lots of people that have been in your position. I, I luckily have been, I, when it, when things get bad, I just, I just hunker down. I'm just like, well, Everything gets delivered, yeah. and I sit inside my house, <laughs> and I yeah. try to try to talk to people on the phone as best I can and move along. <laughs> That's all I can do. Yeah, it's right. Like I, I don't know. I just it's such a. I feel like I feel like I'm approaching that point where I just don't give a fuck. Just like let me get it and get it over with because I know I'm vaxxed. I know I'm boosted. I'm almost certainly going to be fine. Like, well, and I get that, but one of my sisters who was vaxxed and boosted lost her sense of smell. And the only thing she can taste is salt. If it's salty or sweet. And I don't want to do that. So. Right. I'm still. Yeah. Right. Like I, I know I, I, I I totally know. I totally, and I, and I, I certainly don't like, I'm not actively seeking COVID, but like, (laughs) I, 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 you know, I, I don't know. I just, I feel like we're kind of past the point of no return and it's just going to, it's going to be part of our lives for the rest of time. And it's, it's just, it's going to be, it's, it's going to be like the next flu or the next common cold, which is not to say, which, which isn't not to say like, don't get vaxxed, don't get boosted, but like get get vaxxed and get boosted so that it continues to get milder and milder. Right. Right. Because somebody I know that was vaxxed and boosted that, got it, was completely asymptomatic, right? And that was beautiful and wonderful for them. Right. Most right. people I've known, it's been just a couple days. 
And then, like I said, I have one sister who she was sicker longer than everybody else. And last time I talked to her, yeah, she can really still only tell if something's kind of sweet or kind of salty. Beyond that, she has no idea what she's eating or drinking. And that right. that would drive me right. nuts. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, let's get down to business. We've got a grander discussion in mind, which we've touched on before, but we're going to just do it head on this time, which is drag in straight spaces. How how to be a performer in those spaces or how to be a good audience member and maybe some straight bar owner will mm. listen to this and that's the dream, right? And realize how to treat performers <laughs> when they listen. To <laughs> it's probably too much to ask, but damn, that'd be cool. <laughs> so. Right, right. So yeah, you you were the one who brought this up, but I've certainly been doing this the last few months at the Welcome In. So I think we've got some different takes on this. I thought we'd just start with talking about how to kind of coach a bar owner or the bar manager into knowing what they're actually doing. Yeah, I mean, at least from my perspective, when, from my perspective, the shows that I've done at a straight bar or at straight bars the bar has reached out to me. Right. And so, so that is, I mean, that's step number one, right? Like the, the curiosity is, is already a good thing in my book. So they want to know what it takes. And so for me, when like the first thing that I do when I sit down with whoever's putting it together is let's talk budget, let's talk music and let's talk dressing space. Like those are my top three top three points that I want to do. I want to make sure that all of my entertainers get paid fairly, that my DJ gets paid fairly, um, that the DJ has like a place to set up and that we have a place to get ready that is conducive to everything that we need. Right. Which, and all of that would be the same no matter who owned the bar, right? You've got to get those things laid out, right? Yes. But I think one of the things that I've experienced, and of course, where I've been trying to, you know, Richmond, Indiana, trying to have a show there for years and talking to a lot of straight bar owners, they don't have a good model for what that looks like. It's not like they're an indie or Cincy where like, oh, I can look at what this bar does. Yeah, And so a lot of times I feel like straight people get real scared about that budget real quick. Mm Mm-hmm. And they get into their head with what they tell their bartenders or servers where like, well, but you're making tips. So why should I really have to pay you anything? Right? Yeah. I think any kind of excuse to to pay less is just a cop out. And at that point I would walk away. (laughs) 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 To be honest. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Well, so what I did was kind of, Explain what the bare minimum was, right? Like, this is the bare minimum of what we need to be able to make this happen. Yeah. Which some owners balked at. The way that we worked it out where where we are now is basically we run the door, we get to divvy the money up, blah, 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 all the door is ours. And they pay, they take care of the DJ, right? Mm-hmm. To get our food, foot in the door, we had to split DJ costs, which really sucked. But yeah. Once we prove, yeah, really sucked. But once we proved we could get people there, they would be drinking, they would be throwing money at the bar, at the kitchen, at everything. Then they were more than happy to pay the DJ costs, right? 
And from that right. point on, everybody made more money. <laughs> it was a lot less stressful. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess basically is negotiate. I still, I'm still negotiating all the time for better deals, better, better something. Oh yeah, absolutely. I've got, I've got a recurring show that is starting to gain traction, and I am after after our last show. They came up to me and they said, they essentially said, name your price. So I haven't had the conversation yet, but like, I want to make sure that, you know, I, I, like I said, when we kick this off, like, I want to make sure that my, my girls are getting paid fairly. And that includes me, right? Like sometimes I will walk away with nothing in order to pay my girls fairly or my pay my entertainers fairly. And so we're approaching that, that time where okay, if we were more expensive than what your budget allowed, I took the hit because I'm in a position where I can do that. Not a problem. Because I'm also hosting the show and usually the host walks away with more money anyways. Uh But now I don't feel like I should have to take the hit if you're the one saying, name your, essentially name your price now, right? So um, once I have, once I have everything kind of squared away and, and like my cast for the next one, for example... I'm going to say, okay, here's here's where we are. Can we please renegotiate this budget? Because I would like to make some money now, please. <laughs> right, right. Well, no, and that's, yeah, that's where starting off these shows, that's where the show director and I both were. We weren't making any money because we yeah. needed to make sure that the performers made money. But now that's all switched. And I think that, I think that basically the biggest thing for straight bar owners is, making sure that you pump up that crowd the first time, make sure that you're tapping everybody you can tap so that they know that this, this works. It works. It's, it doesn't just work right. in gay bars. It, it can work at a restaurant on a Sunday at 10 AM. It works. <laughs> like, right. Exactly. That's exactly right. And I, and I, I also want to add a caveat. I, I want to add a caveat that like, the model where the the show director and the promoter do not get paid is not like that should not be the standard. Right. No, I I just, I want to make sure that that's very clear. I'm willing to take the hit because I'm in a financial position in my like non-drag life where I can do that, but that should not be the, that should not be the bar. Right. I, yeah, I absolutely agree with that. I literally have a lot to say about that, but I don't want to be a, (laughs) so, uh, Um, and it's also to help like kind of warm up and prep the audience before they even walk in is you get your allies in formation. Um, mm-hmm. make sure for me, it was anybody that I knew that goes to this bar and I know plenty. I was going to that bar and talking it up. I was asking people to make sure that they shared on their social media to talk to their people that weren't on social media. You know, at that first show, one of my friends brought in her mom her boyfriend and her, or excuse me, husband and one of her best friends. All of those people were very straight. All of those people got very drunk. All of those people tipped the shit out of performers, you know? And so like, just from that one person, I knew she was pulling three other people in and that's the whole idea. Yeah, absolutely. When I was doing the show at, um, the shows at the hub before we even had our very first show there, 
they invited me to stop in in drag mm-hmm. during their um during like a, a karaoke night or something like that so that and do a number so that like the people who were who are the hubs regulars would see here's what you can expect here's a here's a little like a little glimpse at at this and then obviously me as the entertainer i'm bringing my friends my like my fan base is coming we're going to fill that bar and people who are not it's it's a very symbiotic relationship right people who don't typically see drag or seeing drag for the first time and people who don't see who don't frequent your venue are frequenting it for the first time and so you're right. making money from a demographic or from people who you normally wouldn't have and then we are also sharing our art our culture <laughs> the way you said that I don't I the uh, as I was finishing the sentence I could feel myself getting really pretentious about it and I was like don't say it don't say it but there it was but then you said it like you were angry about it instead so you didn't come off as pretentious I was angry I was I was angry I was angry about the pretentious that I was feeling so then you just sound bitter so, Girl, these days I'm a bitter Betty. It's fine. <laughs> well, so yeah, and I definitely like tapped. You know, I my dad works with me at the door now because I think having a very obviously like old straight man's man working the door with me like lends credence to the people that are just coming into the bar and don't know a drag show is going on. And then they see, like, this old dude Mm -hmm. who's probably wearing his Navy veteran hat (laughs) and, like, is just as excited about some queen performing Whitney Houston as I am right next to him. And, like, I think that that uh, can, like, set some ease into people who might feel a little trepidatious about crossing the threshold into the actual show. Right. But I also made sure that I had people there that, like, if we had any problems that I knew we're going to be able to take care of business, like, straight or gay. <laughs> like, I needed some muscle on my side. <laughs> right. I, and, you know, not every venue I work at has, has like, bouncers or, thing, or thing, you know, security or, or whatever. But, I, you know, having, having that kind of plan in case of, you know, drunken belligerence or... What what have you? You know, obviously that's a that's a a concern for any bar for any venue. And when you get more people into that space watching this spectacle, it uh, and a spectacle that often intensifies the amount of alcohol folks are drinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, obviously it, it it can get a little uh a little shitty. But also, can I tell you my favorite bouncer story? Please. Okay. Do you know, uh, you may have heard of her. Her name is, um, the one Miss Penetration. Oh, <laughs> I, I, I may have came across her name once or twice. <laughs> the, the, the name might ring a bell. So back in the early days of Cabaret, she was the MC and somebody got belligerently drunk and the, uh, the bouncer, or security did not get to this person in time or did not get to that person 
to uh, with the speed of Penny's liking. And so Penny, mm-hmm. who is not a small woman, like broad-shouldered man, right? Mm-hmm. Pulled this guy by the collar of his shirt and his belt and threw him <laughs> down the stairs and said, you're done. Oh my God. In high whore drag as she was emceeing the show. Get you a woman who can multitask, man. <laughs> Girl. <laughs> I love it. Now, Penny can tell that story a lot better than I can, but that's the gist of the story. She grabbed this man and threw him down the stairs. I think I that it. is. So if you can't afford a bouncer, make sure the MC of your show is a nice, big, broad shouldered, burly drag queen. Yes, yes, yes. That is absolutely. I think like having an MC that isn't afraid, that isn't afraid, like basically, like, is ready to, like, absolutely right. call out people on their bullshit, break the ice with people who aren't, who might be a little trepidatious, and you know, just isn't afraid to shut shenanigans down. Like, somebody needs to shut shenanigans down sometimes. <laughs> and most, uh, in my experience, we haven't yeah, had any that's problems. Exactly right. right. We haven't had any problems with anybody being mean to the queens. It's more likely that somebody is just too drunk and really needs to, like, Go have some water and a breadstick somewhere is usually all that we have to deal with. <laughs> and, and they'll yeah. be okay. Yeah, no, honestly, same. And, you know, yeah. Yeah. to let your audience know what to do, I am all for beginning that drag show with Hai by Alaska. It's it's a standard. And people <laughs> start to understand how they're supposed to fucking behave. <laughs> Yes. Um, Yeah. So most shows have like an overture song that will let people know that the show is getting ready to start. That's when the MC comes on and does like a, you know, test one, two, make sure that the microphone's working um, and they can announce showtime after the song, blah, blah, blah. Hi by Alaska is a great one, especially for a venue that doesn't regularly have drag shows, right? Because it, specifically like explicitly lays out the the rules of of a drag show and uh you know i i think that is that's it's helpful when folks don't know what to expect it, it is it is it's an instructional sing along <laughs> it's, it's like it's mr rogers <laughs> oh my god yes <laughs> And maybe this is at every bar, but I do feel like straight audiences might try to bamboozle the door a bit because they'll be like, well, I don't know if I'm going to like it. So if you're running with a cover charge, I think that in my experience, I've had lots of looky-loos who will just be like, well, I just want to watch for five or ten minutes and then decide or blah, 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 blah. And there are a few ways that you can handle that. I am kind of a bitch when I run the door. <laughs> like, no money. You don't want to be You're a bitch on the it. show, but you do want to be a bitch at the door. I mean, maybe because <laughs> I think it's stupid as hell when people, basically to me when somebody is like, well, I should be able to get in for free. They're saying, I shouldn't have to pay your performers. And I don't like that. 
I want to make sure my performers get paid. Yeah. And I think, I mean, that's, that's a very, that's a, that's a specific scenario where if the bar, if if the bar does not have the budget to pay the performers and you have to rely on, um, you have to rely on a cover charge to do that, then yes, make sure that the performers are getting their coin. Yeah. Well, that's, that's where I'm, that's where I'm at. And I, you know, I'll tell them like, you can feel free to go to this Facebook page or this Instagram page and you can see what we did last month. Or Mm -hmm. you can check it out later on tonight or tomorrow and you can see what you missed out tonight and come see us again next month. Right. But I've had people tell me that they work at the bar. They don't. I know who they are. I've had people tell me, like, I just need to go find my friend because I, because of whatever reason. And I, every time that happens, I ask my dad to set an alarm on his watch. 10 or 15 minutes, whatever, however long I tell them. And then I go find those motherfuckers and I drag them out. <laughs> like, I just straight up, out, bitch. out, out. <laughs> yes, I am a bitch. Because, you know, it's, it's like, it's like Game of Thrones. I just figure that I am, I am Hodor. I am there to hold the door. <laughs> and that's what I'm going to do. I, fe- I, I know that not everybody is suited for that. I mean, do you though? <laughs> Well, no, but now I'm triggered. Yeah. That was a look, sad, sad episode. It's it's pretty messed up. You know that that yeah. actor used to do drag, by the way? I did not. Yeah. Hodor was like an Irish comedy drag monster kind of thing 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Christian Nairn. Well, you. I do. I do, because I know the most ridiculous, stupid facts that'll never help anybody. <laughs> 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 like, Hodor used to do drag. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, it came up in conversation. So. <laughs> right. No, I I've been very lucky so far in in that the venues that I do drag at do not charge a cover. The cabaret the cabaret does because they they don't they're not doing standing room, they're only doing tables and so you have to buy the table. Oh right. But the other shows that I do and the shows that I have coming up, like E19 doesn't charge a cover, Birdcage mm-hmm. doesn't charge a cover. Those are my regular gigs, right? But even like even the one-off ones that are like, hey, can you do a drag show here? Yeah. Do you have the budget to pay us? Here's here's what the budget is. And they say yes. And then I go, okay, then we don't have to do a cover. We can, we can bypass right. that conversation. And I've been very lucky so far doing it that way. I, I, we charged a cover at the, at the hub shows, but... There was no way for people to even get like a glimpse of the drag that was happening in the hub show because it was happening in the back. Oh no. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, the way this bar is set up, they can literally stand right outside the door at the outer bar and just watch. As a matter of fact, okay. I had people sit at a table directly across from the door one night so that they could watch the whole time and I kept just standing right in the middle of the door. <laughs> I was so pissed. I was so pissed. Yeah. <laughs> and so from that funny. point on, I've moved that table. <laughs> so no one can do it again. I just straight up moved the table. Fuck you. <laughs> you I wanna, love that. You want to see this That's performance? Hysterical. You're paying the bill. <laughs> okay, <yeah. laughs> So sometimes when I'm kicking people out, I have, you know, I have to deal with assholes, a little bit of backlash. But mine, again, has not been too bad. It's just somebody arguing with me that I'm a bitch. And I'm like, yep, I'm sure I am. Get the fuck out before I have to go get so-and-so. And so far, that's been it. 
basically. But I also know that if I have enough trouble, the bartenders would back me up. The bar owner would back me up. The bar manager would back me up. And I think that that is what you really need to know that you have is somebody that has your back and is going to respect your calls. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Especially if if they're not familiar with kind of like the etiquette of a drag show, right? If as soon as as soon as the drag queen, any of the performers say, I'm uncomfortable by this, it's up to the MC to say, hey, bar owner, that one's got that one has to leave. But I also think there's a lot of backlash to keep in mind before the show when you're promoting it. And it's the first time you're having a show. People on social media can get really ugly. And, you know, there was a show recently at some place in Indiana. I, I saw a couple of friends that were performing at it. And, like, they were posting screenshots of the comments that were coming through. And, um, you know, I think a, a lot of it is just drag queens. We, we have very thick skin, right? That's that's no, like, that's no secret. We We come from a marginalized queer community. Like, we can usually pick ourselves up and, and whatever. But for, for bar owners, it can be kind of jarring to get such comments on, on their posts. And so I think it's just, you know, being, being ready to see that and having, you know, having a plan of attack when, when kind of mitigating that or when responding, because it will happen. Yes. Yeah, so, and that's, I think it was our second show in Richmond it was on Snapchat, and I don't do Snapchat, but apparently there was some talk about people coming to fuck with our show. Uh, of course, nobody mm. showed up, but right. that was a night when my performers were nervous. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I went and I basically, the bar owner was not there that night, I don't believe, but I asked the bar manager if she was aware, and she was like, I am aware. We've got these people in the front bar. Because they have to walk through the front bar to get to the drag show. So they kind of had people on okay. the lookout in the front. And then I went ahead and tapped all those people that I know aren't afraid of a fucking fist fight. Like I said, straight, gay, man, woman, I didn't give a shit. <laughs> like, hey, you're right, coming to the show right. tonight, right? Hey, you're coming to the show tonight. Hey, I think we might have trouble. You come to the show? And uh, we didn't have any trouble. But I had those people there to make sure that if people needed to be escorted out, by the back of their shirt and the back of their pants, that <laughs> penetration style. <laughs> I had those people. And, you know, the bar owner, I will commend him on this. I felt like he handled it very gracefully as far as, and he ignored most of those comments. And his reply to those people was basically like, you don't have to come to this show. Like, why does this bother you? Nobody's making you come to this show. They're not fucking up your bar in any way. Like, we're just having a fucking show. And if you decide you can't come to our bar ever again because we had a show, I don't want you in my bar. It's that easy, right? Right. I think think the fact that a, a bar wants to have a show speaks to the values of that bar. And if there are people frequenting that bar who don't agree with those values, then... So be it. Well, and that makes sense, right? Like, because because of a place like Richmond, Indiana, it's not like any of those bars are taking any big stands on anything at any point, you know? And this bar owner, by giving 
performers and a community, a space once a month. They got some backlash one time, but our bar owner is also part of a motorcycle club and has lots of big friends and like isn't one to be <laughs> fucked with. So <laughs> it worked out pretty well. We're like, I haven't heard anything like that since just that second show. Nothing happened, and that was it. Good. Yeah. Very good. Um, but yeah, it, bottom line is feel feel free to ask people to leave. It's it's the oh, bar owners. Yeah, it's the bar owners like space, but when it's your show, it's your show is how I feel like it is. Like if it's your stage, it's your stage. Yes, that's exactly right. I know that there's also a there there is and I didn't write this in the show notes, but there is a lot of discourse kind of happening about like um if you want to go to a drag show, you know, or should straight bars be having drag shows? Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, I think that there's, there's a lot, there's a lot of different opinions about this and, and obviously whatever you want to think you're entitled to that. But I think for me, as long as you are recognizing the importance of drag shows to the queer community and not just theatrical, making them a spectacle, mm-hmm then you're 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 taking a step in the right direction right and in places like Richmond Indiana i think i think it's it's a little bit i don't know how i want to phrase this i'm going to say easier to get away with but that's not how i mean it it's easier to get away with having a uh, a drag show at a at a straight bar in larger cities where there are gay bars that have drag shows i think the discourse gets a little bit more a little muddier because mm-hmm. Why would you want to have a drag show when at a straight bar when you can go support the gay bar that is having the drag show? Because uh, some of the discourses it reads as if you are just trying to capitalize off the off the queer community. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's I'm not going to share my opinion on that, but I I you know I do think it's something to keep in mind if if you are a a non-queer venue that wants to have a drag show. What are the reasons why you want to have the drag show? And how are you going to give back to queer business, queer people, etc., to to reciprocate that relationship? Right. Well so I so I would say that discourse is very much like a privilege for people in the city to have, right? Like you can have those sorts of conversations when yeah. you're not in Richmond, Indiana or when you're not in Crawfordsville, Indiana, somewhere else I've lived that didn't have a gay bar at the time, you know? So yeah. when there is no option to support a gay bar, <laughs> like, the answer shouldn't be, well, we just can't have any drag shows, right? That doesn't help right. anybody or anything. Because we're not taking away from from LGBTQIA plus businesses in that way. There's this is This is the place we can have it. Right. Now, when you're in a bigger city, I can see how that can get muddied, absolutely, as to, because you want to make sure that you're supporting the businesses that are your safe spaces. You know, we've talked so mm-hmm. many times about how gay bars are such important, even historical, right, queer right. spaces. It's where so many people find family and acceptance after coming from little towns like Richmond or Crawfordsville, where there was mm-hmm. no visibility mm-hmm. ever. So yeah, it, it does become more complicated, but at the same time, it seems odd to me to to 
to lay down the law of saying, like, no straight-owned bar in a big city should ever have a drag show. That seems, like, draconian and strange. Yeah. And not inclusive. <laughs> no, know? right. Like, no, no, and, and that's exactly, I mean, that's that's part of my perspective on it, right? Like, we are a community that begs for acceptance and inclusion, and then to exclude a, a business that wants to try and include us, I feel like is is just totally backwards. And so, you know, I, I don't know what the line is before there's too much drag and it's oversaturated because it does, it does kind of divide our audience. I, I, I will say that I've seen a trend where our crowds get smaller and smaller because there are more and more opportunities to go see drag, which does, you know, mess with my money at the end of the day. But I don't, but I don't want that to, like dissuade any venue from wanting to have a drag show. I think at the end of the day, again, just like what I was saying with the hub, like you're getting people frequenting your business that probably wouldn't have before. And you are, you're giving your, your, the people who already frequent your business, something new and exciting that gives them some kind of comprehension of people outside themselves. Well, and it, uh, it can all get more complicated than that even, right? Like, I feel like there's a huge drive amongst the queer community to make sure you're supporting queer and Black-owned businesses, for example, right? So mm-hmm. if a bar owner is Black and straight, are you going to tell that person, like, so which line are you going to draw where I don't want drag shows in a straight-owned bar, but I want to support Black-owned businesses? Right. So, it just gets so complicated. Right. And it doesn't need to be. My bar owner is a person of color, you know? Yeah. 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 And it just doesn't, it doesn't have to be that way. Right. I see, I see the point. We need to make sure that we're supporting each other always, but also saying that drag shouldn't be in straight owned bars in bigger cities feels like gatekeeping and doesn't feel like it's productive. Yeah. I would agree with that. And I don't live in a big city, but right. I don't know. And like, and also like, if at the end of the day, like we are, we are each performer is going to create new fans wherever they go. Right. As long as they're mm-hmm. doing a mediocre at best job, they're going to walk away with new follows right. um, people who want to like see where else they can find you. And as, mm-hmm. as, as drag Queens or drag performers, we primarily perform in queer spaces. So Eventually, those people who want to come see PhD, Scarlet Fever, whoever the fuck, right, are eventually going to make their way to a queer space where they can then spend their money at a queer space and support a queer space and support queer people. So I think it, I think it all does kind of like it, like there is that cycle. And so, yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't have anything super profound to say about that, but. I think it all does kind of still cycle through. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Well, and I, frankly, it was one of the things that convinced our bar owner, I think, was one of my friend's husbands, who was my bouncer at my first show, mm-hmm. who's in the same motorcycle club as the bar owner, standing there and saying, I went to a drag show with Amanda in Indy, and it was packed. And I saw people from our town mm-hmm. in Indy spending their money there. Right. So 
if you have, if you take a shot, like I'm telling you, people will come here. They will spend money because otherwise, oh, pe- people are going to go to the people that they want to see, to the art that they want to see, to the good time that they want to have. Right. And I think a lot of that is on the bar owner is to make sure that people are having a good time and having, you know, feeling like they're safe and whether or not it's a straight bar or a gay bar, like that the bar owner is happy that you're there as long as you're not causing a problem. I right. think is yes, part, I would agree. partly on them. I would agree. I would agree with that. But it's yeah, it's complicated issues, but, but anytime anybody gives me a black and white, I just completely bulk at it anyway. Cause yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't, I, so simple. I don't, I don't live <laughs> in an either or world. I just don't. <laughs> right. Right. I don't, I don't like false dichotomies. Yeah. And so I will instantly just be like, well, what about this? What about this? What yeah. about that? <laughs> right. no, exactly. Exactly. Um, but yeah, that was the only thing that I wanted. That was the only other thing that I wanted to add that like I was thinking about as we were talking. So, yeah, we just basically told you, so gave our audience ideas about how to have dragon straight bars. And like I said, if you're not in a big city, that's probably your only option right. for, for many towns that I've lived in, that would be the only option. Yeah. Yeah. So exactly. I think that's true for a lot of Indiana, Ohio, Northeast Kentucky. Like if you want to have a show and you don't live in Louisville, Cincy, Indy, mm-hmm. Muncie then what other choice do you have, man? Or you can drive an hour and a half. Well, right. there's, there's also that. Yeah. Yeah. It's certainly not convenient. That's always an option. Right. It's not great if you can't afford a hotel room. <laughs> because you're going to spend much less money at that bar. Yes, exactly. Exactly right. Exactly right. Well, right on. Uh, right on. That's all I really have to say. Right on. Right on. That's all I really have to say about it. I'm excited that we're doing season five. It's it's fun to me. It looks like we've got some good ideas for some good guests. I think so. Some good topics. Yeah. I don't know that we have any super exciting news yet, but hopefully we'll be, we'll be getting some good people, getting some good things going yeah. here. Yeah. I think we will. Yeah. Before we go. There's the always homework. homework. There's always homework. <laughs> Uh, yes. So, okay. So obviously follow us on social media, both individually and the podcast as homework. Also come see me if you haven't already. I have some pretty exciting things coming up. I will be at the Pirate's Den on the, on Saturday, the 29th. Um, that's my first time there. So that's exciting. Is that in Cincy? It is in Cincy. It's on, it's on the West side, girl. I'm going to be a West Sider for a night. Are you going to be a pirate wench? I, the fuck am not, I have no idea. (laughs) I have never been to this venue, um, but I certainly am not playing into a pirate theme. I will not do that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Each and every Sunday, obviously you can find me at my home bar at E19. The first Saturday of the month, you can find me at the birdcage. February 6th, I am emceeing the inaugural Hard Rock Drag Brunch. And then Saturday the 12th, I am, uh, we are returning back to Esoteric Brewing. So I'm super excited about all of those opportunities. And those are some of the bigger shows that are coming up. Yeah. Yeah. And if you haven't seen D, you're fucking up. I'm just telling you. Go see her. How can you be listening to season five of this podcast and not have seen me live? I, that's a good question. But people are weirdos. 
Go, go see her. She'll, she's beautiful. She's poetry in motion. <laughs> I thought you'd get a kick out of that. <laughs> and um, if you happen to be in the Richmond, Indiana area, uh, we are going to have our next show on February 4th at 730 at the Welcome Inn. And I I will be working the door with my old ass Navy veteran dad. <laughs> we'll, be, we'll be ready to keep people in line. Uh, we hope to see you there. We've been having a really good time and hope to keep it going. Also, I've had a few people at those shows tell me that they want to talk to me about trying to get more shows in other areas. Uh, if you have not followed up with me, feel free to follow up with me because I am all about bringing drag to wherever I can and I will happily help in any way I can. So feel free to reach out and Jessica. Is the Indiana promoter at large? No, that's down boots, that continental. Not, that is not the case. It's <laughs> not the case. But I'm really good at talking to old straight white men. <laughs> so, <laughs> so <laughs> if you need someone to work as a translator, I'm excellent. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> well. Does that mean what I think it means? I think that means that we made it through our season five premiere. That's exactly what I thought it meant. That's amazing. Good for us. Amazing. I love this journey for us. I did too. Are you going to dismiss the class? (laughs) Shall we? (laughs) We shall. Class dismissed. Bye. You forget your lines, Steve. <laughs> no, I was waiting. I was waiting for a moment to like actually say it where it made sense, and it just wasn't happening. <laughs> I mean, rarely do things we do make sense out here. Why? Why start now? It's too late in season five to start That's now. My drive, right? <laughs> oh. 